Welcome back, everyone, to episode 10 of the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Rogers, and you can find me on Twitter at RunDFF. And I'm here, as always, with Jeff Roby. So just a heads up, we're going to hit you with a bit of a shorter show today. Not as much foreplay, just a little quickie, which we know some of you prefer anyways. Uh, Jeff, why don't you kick us off with your varsity player for the week, and let's keep this thing rolling. Yeah, absolutely. This week's varsity play for me uh, happens to be because this is a running show. I will say Tyreek Hill because he is the fastest man alive. When you catch your own teammate and you give him 10 yards in a 60, and you catch him and pat him on the butt as he goes into the end zone, that is absolutely absurd. But, no, I can't just give it varsity because he's the fastest man alive. Now, that is pretty, that's pretty impressive. But, really, my varsity player this week is Mike Evans. And when you go uh, 180 yards uh, on 12 receptions and a touchdown, I mean, that's phenomenal again for this guy. You know, this guy's on pace for nearly 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns. And yeah, I know what a lot of people are saying. It's the difference between this guy and Godwin. You know, let's say this guy, Godwin didn't have a quieter game. But these two teammates are, are on pace right now. And if they could stay, because they're in the top five. They're on pace in that, and this year to, to join a very elite club of, like, the 1999 Vikings with Randy Moss and Chris Carter, uh, the the 2006 Colts with Marvin Henderson and Reggie Ray. These are teams right here where uh, you had two top five wide receivers, and, and for some reason this is working. Even though the, 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 uh, the overall win-loss category doesn't work out for Tampa, this is working for Jameis Winston. These two guys are really doing well. So, varsity player for me, Mike Evans. Uh, yeah, Mike Evans was just ridiculous, and I was a beneficiary of him on three teams, so I can't complain one bit about that. It was a beautiful thing watching those stats pile up. Uh, my varsity player is Russell Wilson. Uh, that dude, he is balling out this year. Um, you know, anytime that he's asked to throw for a high volume, he has been able to do it and do it well. Uh, this time he throws 43 passes for 29, 29 completions, uh, gets 378 through the air and five touchdowns and adds another 21 on the ground. So, you know, not a bad outing. Tampa Bay is so weak against the pass. Uh, they're really strong against the run and even Chris Carson balled out. So they just they had a terrible day out there. And that's kind of, you know, when you were saying Chris Goblin and Mike Evans are on pace for this crazy amount of, of scores and, and points. Uh, part of that is just because their defense can't stop anybody. So they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be uh, in shootouts. So uh, more power to them. But, yeah, Russ, uh, actually the only game that I'm probably going to lose this week, I have Russ, and he scored 49 points for me in a six-point passing touchdown. Just a ridiculous outing. Uh, and I'm still going to lose because, you know, who doesn't want to put up 130 points against me? So uh, that's how that goes. But uh, otherwise, I had an excellent week, and uh, Evans and Russ were, were big parts of that. Uh, as far as JV, Jeff, who you got, man? Uh, I want to let you lead off this week, so uh, go for it with your JV player. So to me, I got Gardner Minshew uh, is my junior varsity guy of the week. And a lot of this reason why is just that, yeah, he put up impressive um, yards. Uh, you know, three uh, he broke the 300 mark, but but no touchdowns. And, and this is kind of like the story right now. If you got him projected right now, like this guy, if he finishes out the season, that's a big if right now. Let's say he does finish out the season. He's on pace to, to pass for 4,000 yards. Now you would expect, like that would sound fantastic with somebody who's got, you know, 33, 35 touchdowns. He's only on pace for 23 touchdowns, which is kind of, um, you know, kind of surprising how lopsided that is. Yeah, but, I mean, his interception rate is he did throw two this past weekend. So, a little bit there, um, you know, just not being able to hold it. And especially because you were expecting a lot more of a shootout with Houston. And we just didn't get that. So, to me, this is my my JV guy of the week. Yeah, I started him in a league. And, thankfully, I had, that's one of those. I had Mike Evans and Melvin Gordon. So, it was, all, it was an all right week for me there. Uh, I survived his game. Uh, the 309 yards was nice, but it was crazy. He his last, or he had like four possessions in a row that he turned the ball over uh, in like four minutes. It was just absurd. A couple interceptions, a couple fumbles. Uh, it just, I don't even know what happened. He just imploded at the end of that game. 
Um, not that they were really in it, but still just, you know, you thought maybe you'd get a garbage time score or something to uh, salvage the day. And, you know, with all those yards, it wasn't terrible, terrible, but it certainly wasn't what you expected out of uh, out of a, a quarterback playing against one of the worst. I mean, Houston walked into that game with the second worst uh, pass defense in the league. And, uh, you know, the yards were there, but, you know, the turnovers, it just – they they kind of submarined his game for the week for all you fantasy guys out there. So, you know, it, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, as far as JV for me, it's Stefan Diggs. And he had that crazy three-game run where he has just been balling out. And then this week, in a nice matchup, gets one catch for four yards on four targets. Uh, out-targeted by Laquan Treadwell, outperformed by, you know, everyone and their mama. And I just, I don't even know what happened. Thielen left early, so it's not like that was part of it. I don't understand what was going on there, but it was not pretty for uh, Stefan Diggs on the stat sheet. And it's kind of getting a little scary going forward. Um, he has a kind of a rough matchup going forward. Uh, let's see here. It is uh, Dallas, then Denver, and then a bye. So his next three weeks... You know, you, I don't even know if you can expect too much out of him there. Um, that's going to get a little sketchy. Uh, I would look forward to Seattle, Detroit, and the Chargers come week 13, 14, 15, and then Green Bay again in week 16. Um, those will be a lot better matchups. But the, these next three weeks with the bye and then Denver and Dallas, you could be looking at a little bit of a slump out of uh, Stephon Diggs. And unfortunately... Uh, it's probably a little bit late to sell high on him, given that uh, he came out and dropped that terrible game. But you know that's how it goes again. That's that's fantasy football for you. Uh, fortunately, I do not have him anywhere, so he didn't he didn't screw my games up. But uh, I know a lot of you guys out there did, and he's been he's won you some weeks, so you got to be a little grateful for that. But, uh, well, let's move on to the rundown and uh, keep the show rolling. I just mentioned uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, he re-aggravated his hamstring injury early in the first quarter, and he is gone uh, probably for a couple weeks, which means if he's going to miss two weeks, that's really three with the bye because they have a week 12 bye. So then he he might might return in week 13. Uh, you know, it's another one of those things where you just put him on the back end of your bench and hope you get him for the NFL play, or for the fantasy playoffs because right now he's not going to help you get there uh, with what he's got going on. So let me jump in uh, here. Is so with him, and you, you kind of just pivoted. You had Diggs as hey, he's he's a bust. Uh, same time you got uh, you know Thielen hurt. Uh, so is and I know I'm gonna butcher his name. Alabasi Johnson is he the guy <laughs> with with the biggest floor right now? With with these two not doing so well, and Cousins obviously still throwing throwing pretty decent. Yeah, I don't know if his floor is any higher than Diggs. I think Diggs is probably going to end up bouncing back. I just don't know if you're going to see those 140-yard outputs that you were seeing for a few weeks there that were just crazy. Um, you know, I, I'd still set Diggs' weekly floor, even though this week was only four yards, at probably closer to the you know, 50, 60-yard mark and probably seven or eight targets and five or six catches because that's, that's just kind of how it is. Um I don't know if I want to trust anybody else in that offense on the in the passing game. Now, you know, Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook, and you can roll him out any any week. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not going so far as to throw some scrub that I've never heard of out there uh, in hopes of getting you know seven or eight points. I think there are better options out there, and we've got some in our uh, waiver wire uh, ads that you'll be able to add for sure in just about every league that can help you win. Uh, another another injury, and it's Deshaun Jackson, another guy who's been out for a little bit and is going to miss more time. Um, it, in fact, it, he could end up missing the entire rest of the season. He had another surgery on his uh, abdominal injury. We don't, of course, know anything about it because they're being so uh, shady about it, but it does not look good that he's going to play again. Guys, it's time to cut ties with, with D-Jax. Uh, lay him out because he's done, man. Uh, I know that you were real high on him early in the season, Jeff, but, you know, at some point you just got to go, you know, that wasn't it. I missed on that one, and Djax is one of those. So I hope that you guys haven't been holding on to him because uh, it's time to move on. Uh, 
And then uh, Jacoby Brissett. That's a big one for this weekend and a big one for that offense. But uh, there was optimism today on his uh, sprained knee. Uh, came back as a mild MCL sprain. They're hoping he can go this week. And uh, that's kind of a big deal um, for that offense. Hoyer played okay, but he doesn't offer the same things as uh, Jacoby Brissett does. So uh, keep an eye on that news throughout the week. Uh, you know, you're looking for limited practices. You know, he's banged up, so don't get don't get concerned with the queue. Uh, keep up with those practice reports. And then that Saturday, you know, uh, walkthrough kind of stuff where they're going to talk more about players that are going to be available. So uh, that's a big one. And then his uh, wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. Mm, and that's another one that you're going to be at, be without with for a couple weeks now. Uh, the, the timeline was two to three weeks, and so now we're looking at two more weeks after uh, he's just missed one. So week 12, uh, you know, just keep your fingers crossed that all goes well and you can get T.Y. back out there. He, he he hasn't been great, though. He was only on pace for like 900 yards before this week, so uh, it's still not. He's more in the wide receiver, low and wide receiver two, high and wide receiver three conversation than the high-end wide receiver two, you know, hoping to get big weeks out of uh, that we thought maybe he was early in the season. So uh, Brissett spreads the ball around a lot, and they run the ball a good bit. Uh, so it's not the same offense without Andrew Luck, and that's kind of showing its uh, – or bearing its teeth or however – whatever one of those colloquialisms is. Uh, Jeff, are you concerned with that uh, Colts offense with Brissett and T.Y.? No, I'm a I'm a Marlon Mack owner. So for me, uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, hurt me in the last couple of years. So I he was off my draft list altogether. I just by sheer I can't do it uh, unless he falls to me in the eighth round. Uh, I just had him so low just because he's burnt me in the past. So I went with uh, Marlon Mack and it's paying me dividends. Uh, yeah, you know, Marlon Mack has been okay. I, I don't know that he's been great by any means. Uh, he's not receiving, he's not catching a lot of passes. He had 21 carries for 89 yards this week. Um, he did get in the end zone against Denver, but other than that, he scored one touchdown in the last five weeks, and he's been only over 100 yards just once. So uh, in his last five games, excuse me, he had that bye. So six weeks now uh, with only one touchdown. So I don't know that you've been counting on him to win you games per se. Uh, he's just been no, but he's my he's running back two for me, and that's been uh, pretty, pretty, uh, uh, pretty legit. I, I can yeah, the sick no. him, and I'm getting the points I need out of him. Yeah, I mean you're looking at probably you know seven eight points as your floor really, so that's not terrible. And you're you know you get in the end zone, catch a few passes, whatever, and you end up with 15 or something. So that's not bad, but I don't know. Uh, I, it would be nicer if the offense was a little bit better as a whole. Uh, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. Um, you know, you say you're not worried about it, but for me, I always want a better offense. I always want the better quarterback, the better uh, wide receiver out there because it just means more scoring opportunities. You know, if you're if you're scoring 18, 21 points a game, even a running back is not going to get as much as if you were scoring 30 points a game or 28 points a game. So just that extra one opportunity for a touchdown uh, makes a big difference in uh, a season-long game. So that's the only thing I mean by are you worried about that? Because I know you, you know you may not own those guys, but they certainly affect your team. And you know I mentioned uh, one other guy, or I've been mentioning him all through the season, uh, Preston Williams from the Dolphins. Uh, man, he finally broke out, had a monster game, and then he goes down with a knee injury, and he is done for the year. And it's just man. I thought he was coming into his own. He was uh, dominating targets in that offense and, uh, you know, looked really good this week. It's an offense that's not going to produce a lot, but it is a funnel offense in that it doesn't, they don't spread the ball around a whole bunch. So there was opportunity there. So now you got to look elsewhere and there is someone to look elsewhere uh, that we'll mention shortly. But unfortunately, uh, Preston Williams done for the season. And, uh, Speaking of that team, Mark Walton, you know, we've pimped him a little bit and it hasn't paid off. And now you don't even have to worry about it because he's got a four game suspension. Uh, the reason he got cut from the Bengals was because he kept getting arrested. Well, those arrests uh, have finally the NFL has finally come down with uh, some uh, decisions about those. And he got his four game suspension for uh, substance abuse and uh, violation 
of NFL policy. So uh, drop him. Don't just take him off of your watch list because he's whatever, you know. Uh, but go in the other direction. Uh, a player that I think we both want to talk about here. Uh, there's a bit of a changing of the guard in Buffalo with Devin Singletary. I mean, he dominated touches. Uh, once again, gets in there uh, 20 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. And he also gets three for 45 through the air. He's definitely the receiving back. Um, the last two weeks, he has really excelled uh, out there on the field, uh, scoring a touchdown in each of those games and taking the rollover from, uh, you know, old man Gore. You know, every, everything comes to an end, every good thing. And that's where Gore is now. You know, he's been reliable throughout his career, never really a super stud, but, uh, you know, suitable for an offense. But I think we're both really excited to see Devin Singletary get more action and, and more opportunity. Uh, is that about right, Jeff? Yeah, so with Devin Singletary, I'm definitely, you know, unfortunately he's one of those guys that I was listening and talking to Justin earlier in the year before the draft, and Justin was like, Devin Singletary, this is the rookie. This is the guy you're going to get. And I was like, you know, I don't know, Shady McCoy, and then he leaves, and so I wound up drafting right? But I really haven't played him that much because he didn't give me any reason to play him. And, and now I've got him on two teams still and uh, where I haven't traded him around. And and those two teams, he's still sat on the bench. And you know what? He's he's now he's a must-play for me. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely say uh, maybe it's the fact that Gore uh, eclipsed the mark that he was shooting for. Uh, I think he passed, what, LaDainian Tomlinson this weekend? Yeah, um, moved up that rushing so, right. Right. So I think maybe that was the high watermark for him. And now let's pass it on to the Rook. And here here he goes, uh, bouncing all over the place. So, hey, I'm big on him now, and he's a must-start for me. Um, so I'm uh, excited I still got him uh, and hadn't traded him because it looks like he's going to be the one carrying the ball forward. I tell you, I'm really kind of excited. We were talking last week, and this goes to Justin's point, like he mentioned last week, is uh, Kenyon Drake is a must-pickup. And then you saw what he did on Thursday night. And he goes out there and balls for over 100 and a touchdown. And and for a while there, uh, the 49ers were pretty – they were pretty surprised on what was going on. And I think the only people that thought Kenyon Drake had anything left in the tank was the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they basically gave up nothing for him. I, mean, I don't know what the conditional pick will be. That was a great ad for them. And, you know, when you got two other good running backs coming back in – I'm just saying, I think I think that's a really good mark for them and where they're going. Um, I just don't know what to do with him going forward uh, because you know you got these these other running backs coming back. So so yeah, that's you know, interesting. Yeah, I think he kind of falls in that same category that we've had a lot of these backup running backs in. Uh, DJ is going to return. Uh, I think uh, Drake's going to have a role in that offense, similar probably to what Chase Edmonds had uh, prior to his injury when they were both on the field. So, you know, looking at eight or ten touches, and if he's as productive as he was against San Francisco, and you know, he's got wheels, man. He can get around the corner, and uh, that showed. And he's he's a really good receiver out of the backfield. So. Uh, there's he can be a three down style back so he may end up getting you know every third or fourth series just to give David Johnson a breather kind of exactly like what they did with uh, Chase Edmonds since Chase Evans is going to be out for another three or four weeks he, so he's got some standalone value but again he is just like when you have Singletary or when you've had Chase Edmonds uh, and the reason that we're carrying guys like Alexander Madison because when they're given that opportunity in in a very functional offense, they can do well uh, with that, uh, with those extra touches. Uh, we've seen Kenyon Drake have a really nice uh, stretch of games before. A couple years ago, uh, he finished the season really nice. And then last year, you know, they just didn't give it to him much. Again, this year, I think the Dolphins didn't want to give it to him just because they were afraid they might end up winning a game or two. And uh, lo and behold, they ship him out. And then the Jets roll into town. And uh, I think they're better than the Dolphins at tanking. They're not even trying. You know, it's terrible. But uh, the Dolphins, for a while, I think they just didn't want anything to, to uh, do with it. And, you know, speaking of the Dolphins tanking, you know, I think they might have uh, messaged the commissioner's office and just slipped them a little bingy, like, hey, can you uh, expedite the suspension on Mark Walton? Uh, we're going to put Preston Williams on IR. Maybe we can lose the rest of our games, guys. 
So, you know, Roger Goodell might have got himself a little bit of a side pot just to make sure that the Dolphins don't have players. Yeah, but let me tell you this, and and then I'll catch up on the, you know, suspension piece. But, um, you know, it's just really shocking to me that if you're going to lose to a team, uh, don't lose to the Jets because now the Jets have the tiebreaker, you know. So, I mean, it's kind of like – uh, you know, hey, there are two games, so maybe the thinking is is like, well, if you're gonna lose to them, go ahead and lose to them there. But uh, I don't know that Cincinnati is gonna win a game unless you're saying, hey, we can lose to Cincinnati. At least we're not in the O for column. This might be the best play for the Dolphins to say, let's lose the Jets. Jets beat us. They get two wins. We get one win, and then we lose to Cincinnati. There's a tiebreaker, so we have the best record, and we don't go O for. You know, that might be some strategy there. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but man, that's how that's how you get out of get out of this uh, by by tanking against Cincinnati, but still not having an O for a record. Yeah, well, you got to be careful with that though, Jeff, because uh, you know it's not just Cincinnati and uh, the Jets they're competing with. Uh, you know, the Redskins only have one win. Uh, the Falcons only have one win. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that they could end up, you know, slipping behind and uh, in that tank for Tua race. And then they may have to give up extra picks to get where they want to be to get Tua or, you know, if they decide they like Burrow better or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, with one, two, three, uh, four, five, play, five teams with one loss or, or none in the case of Cincinnati, uh, you know, losing, losing to Cincinnati may not be the key. You know, yeah, but it's gonna be it's it's interesting because you're starting to see this dynamic play out where also in college where we first we were like, hey, two is the guy. Now you're starting to see multiple quarterbacks developing where you know there might be two or there might be there might be three or four quarterbacks that might be going in the first round, especially early on. It's really interesting. I bet there's more. I bet we're closer to five or six quarterbacks this year. It's a very deep quarterback class. Very deep. Yep. Uh, with Herbert, uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts moving up the draft boards, he's looking like he could be a late first rounder. So, uh, yeah, you've got four guys right there, and you know someone's going to come out uh, that we haven't really talked about. And well, don't, don't forget about your boy in Georgia. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, He's kind of a game manager type in the NFL as far as uh, what I see. And it's perfect for Georgia. You know, defense plays well. Running game is stout. You know, they've got a top probably 20 pick in uh, DeAndre Swift coming out. Uh, So they don't really need to or uh, plan to rely on him very much. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, just to touch on that. And he was balling on third down the other the other day against Florida. So, uh, sorry, Slade, but your boys had to go down to mine. And uh, I ain't mad at you, but uh, there ain't no love lost. I'm just going to let you know. So, uh, when when you hear this, sucker, Florida belongs right where they are, right behind Georgia. All right. So, uh, you know, with all those losing teams, let's talk about someone who's a winner here. Um, and that, to me, is Derek Carr. Uh, you know, he was playing for his job to start this uh, season. I think there were a lot of people that were convinced that Oakland was going to uh, move on from him in the offseason uh, coming up simply because uh, he hadn't played well. And it was presumed that they were going to have an early pick. Well, they're four and four and right in the playoff hunt in the AFC. Um, you know, no one expected them to play that well. But uh, Derek Carr is doing a really nice job of spreading the ball around. Of uh, using, you know, this week he didn't have to do a whole lot with Waller, but uh, with using uh, Darren Waller for the season, uh, that's been really nice. Uh, I'm impressed with him, and I got him really cheap in some super flex leagues where he's my third, fourth quarterback, whatever, and I couldn't be any happier because this means that his value is just uh, going up, up, and up. Uh, you know, he's going to be a nice streamer going forward, uh, he's going to have some nice matchups, so. Uh, I would feel comfortable starting him, uh, you know, with all these. There's six teams on by this week, so it could be one of those situations where you just need to look for players that uh, that can get the job done for you. So um, let's see here. I'm going to pull his schedule up real quick, guys. Sorry. I know there's a little delay, and I'm just going to try and be. All right. So he's got the Chargers, Cincinnati, the Jets, and, K- and KC coming up. So. Uh, a really good setup for the next four weeks or so. Um, it gets a little tougher with Tennessee and Jacksonville, uh, so I wouldn't uh, count on him in the early part of the fancy playoffs. But 
Uh, he's someone that, you know, maybe you have some of these injuries. It's it, Jeff, Jeff said it earlier this weekend to me. It's the year of the backup, and uh, it's certainly holding true. You know, we're just rolling out Matt Moore and uh, Brian Hoyer into NFL games. So, I mean, it's like the year of the backup from 2008, I swear. But uh, same guys, just a different uniform. Uh, but let's talk about some guys that we can. We're going to keep this moving. Let's talk about uh, some waiver pickups. Uh, we'll make this short for you guys so we can uh, get this out to you. And uh, but the first one is Devin Singletary. Uh, we've been saying it all year. These guys that have prominent backup roles uh, with uh, the opportunity to move into the starting position, uh, whether it's through injury or just performance, those are guys that have to be rostered. You know, it's a whole lot better rostering Devin Singletary than it is, say, Peyton Barber. And Peyton Barber is owned in way too many leagues right now, and Singletary is not owned in enough. So I'd rather shoot for the upside of a league winner than trying to get fifth or sixth place by getting six points from Peyton Barber or whatever. And, and that doesn't even look like it's going to hold up anymore. But uh, So you got to shoot for the stars with these guys, especially at the end of your bench. Uh, so Singletary is one we like. Uh, Jeff mentioned it last week, Darius Geis. Again, we're looking at a, a week 11 return, so you just got to get through this week, and then you've got a, probably a starting running back. And if it's showing anything, uh, Adrian Peterson is doing well, um, and he is not all that great anymore. So I just uh, I can't imagine uh, them giving a lot of carries to Darius Geis and him not being able to perform. So I'm looking forward to his return. Uh and then uh, Jeff mentioned this, and we put it right in the show here. Uh, because of T.Y. Hilton, Zach Paschal is looking like a really nice ad. Um, he's getting targets. Uh, he's working the field quite a bit, scoring touchdowns. Uh, is that someone that you added anywhere, Jeff, or are you just uh, looking uh, forward because of what's going on with bye weeks and injuries? Yeah, for me, I was a wild owner. I jumped on him a couple places. Uh, you know, so I got some openings, and yeah, he, to me, he's jumping up that list uh, where where the other guys aren't available. So yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that pick uh, overall, and um, I I I do think that he's going to be the one that's going to be sought after pretty highly because of Ty Hilton's situation. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of injury opening up, and it's Devonte Parker. Uh, it's another one of those things where that offense is not great, but they do have to have somebody to catch the ball, and he's actually done really well. Um, I think he's got like five straight or six straight weeks um, with at least 55 yards and or a touchdown. So he's producing, especially in half-point PPR, where you know he's getting you a minimum of uh, eight or nine points a week uh, with the upside of a touchdown. So uh, without Preston Williams, that's just that's just going to funnel a few more targets his way. Uh, I know it's an ugly name to keep bringing up, but, you know, Parker is someone who has first round pedigree, uh, who has uh, produced in spurts throughout his career, uh, not consistently, but he's doing a lot better this year in a game flow situation where they are trailing in just about every game. So uh, it's one of those situations where, you know, you can throw them out there and get a decent floor and hope for the ceiling of, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown. So nothing league winning, but in weeks where you need players uh, and you need roster uh, starting positions filled, he's a guy that could get, could get it done. Uh, I know you hate talking about the, the Dolphins, Jeff, but is there anything you'd like to mention or you just want to keep rolling? No, yeah. I don't want to mention the Dolphins at all. Yeah, but, yeah I guess that's uh, it. But I will, take my, I will take my opportunity here to uh, to talk about another, another player I think would be good. Hey, look. Look no further than the Browns, and and you see that there's a running back coming off of suspension here. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to have a role. That's is what right, and I'm, yeah. yeah, they got a role. They're going to have a, 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 an opportunity, and I think, you know, that, that might just be, you know, if you remember, he was a, a huge weapon on a, a, on a team that already had weapons there in, in Kansas City. So so he's more that pass-catching uh, running back uh, role there. So this is a great opportunity for him to jump in there and, and maybe give some light there. I tell you, throw, I'm going to throw one more out there to you while I'm sitting here on it. Jay Ajayi, okay? And here's why. Yeah, he hasn't been signed by anybody yet, but Detroit works him out today, all right? And, and so when you're talking about opportunities, uh, so Kenyon Drake, 
and he showed his opportunity this week with the, with the Cardinals. Uh, so it doesn't take guys like Jay Ajay who play the Dolphins, since you want to talk about the Dolphins, Kenyon Drake who play the Dolphins, to really get these guys up to speed. And they seem to produce wherever the Dolphins. So I'm just trying to put that out there. You want to talk about the Dolphins. I don't want to talk about the Dolphins, but I want to talk about former Dolphin players. I think Jay Ajay is one of those you want to put on your yeah, no, uh, JJ, I, I don't know that I'm going to add him immediately, but I think we should have some news by tomorrow when, or, you know, for you guys listening uh, today, we're recording Monday night, but you'll get this Tuesday morning. Um, I think we'll have some news as to where or if there's a chance he gets signed. The, the, they've got to make a move somewhere, somehow, uh, D- Detroit does, because what they've got going on right now is not going to get it done. You know, they lost uh, Trey Carson. Of course, they lost carry on before that, so they're down to you know Ty or Ty Johnson, not Ty, uh, Ty Johnson, and basically nobody. Uh, so uh, once again, you you know again like you like you just reiterated, uh, opportunities everything. Uh, I think I'd still wait just a little bit. I don't think I'd put a waiver priority on him unless some news pops up tomorrow. Uh, but I might just no, go ahead. Wash list because he he might be one of those that that makes it through the waiver wire and you might be able to grab as an ad and yeah. I think that's what that's what you make your money at so uh, just keep yeah, and this, by, by you listening say this might be a good opportunity yeah and this is a place where I want to mention that if you're not getting uh, those fantasy life uh, app updates or if you're not getting those sleeper updates you're probably a step behind some of your league mates. Because those guys on those apps are popping up updates, and I guarantee if JHIE signs somewhere, you're going to hear about it from those apps first. So you might want to keep your, uh, you know, if you if you don't mind updates, and I don't, my phone blows up about every 20 minutes with updates from those uh, apps, and I love it because I want to be one step ahead. I'm always jumping in chats and saying, hey, check this out, this happened, whatever, because those guys are on top of it. They're they're getting feeds from a lot of different sources on Twitter, and they're immediately throwing it out to you so that you can get going. So uh, this is one of those situations where you know maybe he doesn't sign by tomorrow, by you know Tuesday, uh, and then uh, but he signs on Wednesday, and waivers are clear. If we're doing straight ad drops, you don't have to put a claim in, and he pops up signed with Detroit. Well, you don't want to be that guy that didn't know it. So uh, if you're not in a chat with a bunch of people saying it. Uh, then you might want to be you might want to be the one getting it from the horse's mouth through those apps. So uh, another guy that probably got dropped in a lot of places. I know I saw I've seen him in a couple waiver wires. Uh, Damian Williams. You know McCoy fumbled at the end of the last week, and then he, you know they don't they do not like fumbling, and he carries it around like a freaking loaf of bread. And uh, you know you can just see it waiting to happen. The ball is going to get knocked loose, and uh, it just so happened that. Uh, it happened last week, and then Damian Williams dominated carries and touches. Uh, I think McCoy had four touches for 10 yards. Uh, Damian Williams goes uh, 125 yards on uh, 12 catch and total carries. And one thing to mention, and I want you guys to check out our Twitter if, if you're on Twitter, because uh, I'm going to post it in a little bit. Tyreek Hill, man, oh, man. Jeff, you were talking about that a minute ago. Uh, yeah, you know. It looked like he just wanted to just jog next to him after he after he caught him down. But, you know, Williams was fast enough to run away from the defense, but he wasn't fast enough to run away from Tyreek Hill uh, on that 91-yard touchdown. So Let me jump in here and say, you know, okay, so 125 rushing yards in one touchdown. Okay, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Damian Williams fan, but as you just said, and that was like an 80-something-yard uh, rush. 90? 91, I think it was. 91. Okay, so outside of that, he had how many carries? I think he had my, my, 12. So I think he had 11 for 35 or something like that, or 12 for 35. So nothing crazy good, but um, better so than four. Nothing crazy good, but it's that one, right? So, you know, that's what worries me. It's like I, 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 I've been really because I don't know if he's going to break off that 90 yards. Yeah, he's got it. But I can't, I can't wait on that each week, and and, I'm, and, I, and it worries me as an owner, and it worries a lot of our listeners who are owner on this guy. Is this guy going to be the guy who's going to give that each week, or is he going to be the guy who gets the other way, where 
the 10 and 11 carries for 34. Yeah, no, and, yeah, no, no, I understand that t- completely, and it does concern me as well. Um, I just think that if he's getting that kind of usage, he at least belongs on your bench. Um, I'd still want to see it because it seems like that that offense has flip flopped so many times with uh, running backs. But I still want to see if him do it one more time and like you know get two games in a row with those 15 touches or whatever, so that I feel comfortable. Um, but you know, for now he's definitely worth an ad is what I'm saying. Like I wouldn't, you know, my waiver wire ads as far as, uh, using a priority probably end after guys, you know, maybe Pascal, if you really need somebody, but other than that, uh, the rest of these guys are kind of just, you know, throw them on your roster after waivers clear. Don't waste a priority. Don't throw a bunch of fab on them if you got a fab budget, but. Um, you know, we've talked about this guy, this next guy, Ronald Jones. We've talked about him earlier in the season. Another one of those where, you know, it looked like he was taking over the backfield and then it went back to a split or it went back to a little bit, uh, a little bit closer to, uh, the Peyton Barber lead and Jones throwing a little change of pace. But, uh, you know, again, back of the roster, you know, you're, you got 16 spots. He's your 14th, 15th player. That's not a bad guy to have. So, uh, Ronald Jones is an easy ad for me. And then we already talked about uh, Mark Walton being out for four weeks, which just means that it's Kalen Balazs season. So, uh, again, he's he's a speedster. He's got wheels. He he doesn't make any crazy cuts. He's not going to juke the you know juke the socks off anybody. But Kalen Balazs, if you give him enough carries, he's one of those that could break off that 60-yard run, um, just like Damian Williams can get loose. Uh, you know, it's one of those volume plays for me again. Uh, I could see him getting 15 touches this coming week. He's also not a bad receiver, although he has had a lot of drops this year. But at this point, there's no one left on the Dolphins. Uh, I'm not sure that they want to use Miles Gaskin, uh, their rookie. So uh, it could be the Kalen Balaz show. And, that, you know, that's worth at least the back end of the roster. So, uh, you know, again, high upside guys with opportunity. I don't want to hold on to those players that aren't going to win me weeks. They're going to end up, you know, getting me six points as a ceiling. Well, that doesn't do me any good. So I want the guy, I want to find the guy, the diamond in the rough. So that's where I'm at with those guys. Well, let's keep it moving. Uh, Cause we got uh, just our last little section of streamers here. I'll keep this show short, just like we promised. Uh, so let's, let's talk about the QB. Um, this to me comes down to matchup again. Uh, we nailed a few of these, and one of those was Jimmy G last week against Arizona. Now he's got Seattle. So he goes from the worst pass defense to the third worst pass defense. So, you know, not much of a difference there. And then he's got Arizona again after Seattle, just a heads up. So he could be a two-week starter for you uh, with another beautiful matchup in the next couple weeks. Um, he's not my favorite quarterback by any means. I am not a Jimmy G truther. Uh, I think he's completely overrated. Uh, but with these beautiful matchups and – and with uh, the team playing as well as it is, you know, I could see another two or three touchdowns each of the next two weeks. And, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders has been a really nice add because he is a reliable, uh, true number one quality running uh, wide receiver. So, that you know, it's nothing to sneeze at there. I don't want him rest of the season, but certainly for the next couple games, I'm down with Jimmy G. And then another one for me, uh, and it just is going to come down to health, is Jacoby Brissett because he's playing Miami. Now, um, you might end up playing Brian Hoyer. Uh, that could be one that, you know, you, a deep stream with all these quarterbacks injured or, or uh, on by. Uh, but for me, if Jacoby is playing, I feel comfortable playing him because MCL sprains, especially for a quarterback who's standing back there, uh, not a whole lot of uh, cutting going on. You know, small steps. If they, I think they'll probably engineer a quicker release, uh, you know, kind of game plan, which won't be bad for him and won't be bad for that offense. But I could see Jacoby Brissett lighting up Miami, uh, who just they have nobody uh, to to defend anymore. You know, Xavier uh, Howard is is basically dead to the world. He's I think he's on IR now. Uh, they traded away just about anybody they had. So uh, that's one for me that I would feel comfortable with. Uh, and then the other one for me, one last one, Daniel Jones. Uh, it's because he's going to go against the Jets. And the Jets have been known to go ahead and let people get all over their defense. Uh, like I said earlier, they're better than Miami at tanking, and they're not even trying. So uh, give, you know, 
probably if I had to rank them, Daniel Jones would be my probably 13 or 14 at best this week. But with everybody, with a lot of guys holding on to quarterbacks, that might be your best available. So just keep an eye on uh, your waiver wire. Kind of watch what people are doing because they'll drop guys during this time. And if you get somebody dropping, you know, a good player because they need the roster space, this is the time to, to kind of scoop those up. So uh, make sure you're watching as people are dropping players because you don't want to be that guy that's left flat-footed because someone dropped, you know, a, a legit starting player on, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and they're available Friday morning, and, you know, you slept through it. So, uh, Jeff, you got any other quarterbacks or you have any uh, opinions about the quarterbacks that I just discussed there, man? No, but I'm watching, uh, you know, the Monday night game and, and recording this, and, you know, Daniel Jones, definitely you got to watch him. I mean, he's bouncy uh, from one week to another week. You know, uh, his production is up high. Last week he was, you know, quiet, as I kind of said, and then, you know, no one expected that, and all of a sudden he did a great job. And this week he's not doing so great against uh, the Cowboys as of right now, and it's in third quarter. So, you know, but he does bring the extra threat of, of, of you know, probably running for 30, 30, 40 yards. I mean, there's extra three or four points there, which adds to it. So that's an added advantage. So outside of that, yeah, I agree with you. You know, there's a lot of people right now who who do have those two – quarter uh quarterback systems and they're flip-flopping and and at th- this point they realize they're going to stick with one and they may drop the other one in order to to get the waiver uh get a waiver wire ad and you know i think it's going to pick up this week yeah yeah and so uh along that same vein uh let's stick with uh, some tight ends that we can try and find some use for um you know the whole Tampa Bay situation, we, we all know Bruce Arians doesn't like to use tight ends, but there is a reason that Arizona is bad against the tight end, league worst, uh, you know, historically bad, and it's because they cannot defend across the middle of the field. And so uh, Cameron Brait for me, especially if O.J. Howard is uh, remains sideline, Cameron Brait's a, a legit top 10 start for me this week. Uh, they just Arizona bleeds touchdowns and yards to uh, tight ends and even though they don't pass the ball to a tight end much they won't have much of a choice when they look out there and there's no one within five yards of Cameron Bray which is typical of that Arizona defense so uh, I would feel comfortable at at the very least comfortable and uh, actually pretty confident starting Cameron Bray this week Uh, and then the other one for me is Jack Doyle Uh, especially if Hoyer is in there uh, he seemed to favor Doyle over Ebron. Um, and then uh, that's, this is a matchup against Miami. So those are two guys that are playing really nice matchups. And uh, you can find use for that are on the waiver wire or just about everywhere. Um, I know our buddy Trey was just ecstatic about uh, being able to pick up Cameron Bright a few weeks ago. Oh, he's a top 15 tight end now. Well, I don't know about all that. But this week, uh, you know, fire him up and roll with him. So. Uh, and then Doyle, he's he's just that guy that runs those short intermediate routes and gets a bunch of dump off passes. So especially in a PPR, uh, Doyle is a nice nice play for me. Um, Jeff, are you streaming any tight ends this week, or are you just hoping and praying with what you've got already? Oh, I think I'm good with what I've got so far. But I will tell you that uh, Kyle Rudolph is still out there in a lot of leagues. I know it's a tough matchup, but uh, while we're talking about tight ends. Mexico City game. 
and I, it just came to me because when we were talking about the, the Patrick Mahomes injury, this was the week that I thought they might hold him out uh, simply because of that field and the field conditions, but because they got the bye next week. So uh, another one to keep an eye on there as far as uh, buys go and injuries. So uh, keep an eye on the Patrick Mahomes news. I know they think they wanted to play him last week. It still would have been silly. I think there was a news report that it was like a 40% chance that he would re uh, dislocate his knee and then miss the rest of the season. So I don't think they're going to be in a super hurry to get him back. Uh, but Matt Moore has been suitable as a uh, backup. You know, Andy Reid is just an offensive genius. So, you know, there's nothing to, nothing to sneeze at with that guy. He can he can turn any offense into a great one. So, uh, And then uh, defenses, uh, I got two here. And it's a slim week for defenses because it seems like a lot of the best teams, the best uh, DSTs have the best matchups. Uh, but the Colts versus Miami and the Lions versus Chicago. And this simply comes down to matchup. Uh, the Colts have actually been a pretty good defense, and Miami lost two starters on their offense, and they're the Dolphins, so you know, whatever. If they're not playing the Jets, they're probably going to look like a, a disaster out there. And then I don't know if any of you guys have watched much Chicago, uh, but the Bears, they are struggling with Trubisky, and there's, there's going to be some decisions in the offseason because he has not played well. Uh, they're afraid to give him the ball uh, in big situations. And I, I'm not sure that they want to uh, force the ball downfield with him. Um, you know, it's one of those games where, you know, maybe Allen Robinson gets off the schneid, but he threw up a donut for me this week and cost me uh, in a terrible way in one league. Uh, and it's part of it's because, you know, Mitch Trubisky cannot deliver the ball with any accuracy right now. I mean, if, he, if the player is not wide open, it is just not great. Uh, Jeff, Tell me about any defenses out there. So, yeah, I've got one uh, defense I'm, I'm looking at. And, and the reason I'm bringing it out there is because it's from what ESPN has it as, it's, it's less than 50%, sitting around the thir- uh, 33% mark. And that's the Baltimore Ravens defense. And they're playing the Bengals this weekend. So, yeah. uh, while it's, you know, we like to have that threshold about 30%, it's just above that. So, if, if you happen to be in one of those leagues that has the Baltimore Ravens out there, I I think that's one of the top waiver wire picks, especially to going into it. If you need a defense, that would be the one to go grab. Yeah, actually, that's a really good call, and I didn't realize. I, I completely glossed over them because I didn't think that they would be that uh, available. But uh, 33%, that's that's an easy grab for a lot of folks out there. And that Cincinnati offense, they're going to roll out Ryan Finley, guys. Fire up. I mean, hey, go to DraftKings, plug in the Baltimore Ravens, and feel great about it because you're you're going to cash in on them abusing a fourth-round rookie this week. Uh, I'm not sure that A.J. Green really wants to play. Uh, I don't know what his motivation will be, but uh, I know that uh, Brian Finley's not good. So get ready for that one. Well, guys, that wraps it up for us. We'll keep this short and sweet and and get out of here. Uh, Jeff, why don't you tell the guys where they can find us, and the ladies too, since I hope we got a few of those listening. Yeah, so each week uh, you find us at the Rundown FF Pod uh, on Twitter, and uh, we're gonna, you know, have some some highlights and things like that, like we talked about with the Tyreek Hill run, and uh, and obviously some more updates as as, as things go on. Hopefully, we hear some some news by Jay and Jai, and we can get it out to you quicker than some others can. And uh, as as things progress throughout the week, especially with some of these injuries, we're gonna try to get those things out there to you real quick, and uh, and see if we can't help you out when the week ten. We're getting close to the playoffs. So this is important that you, you make that final push, especially if you're sitting somewhere in that consolidation to actual playoff bracket range. So, uh, because it, you never know how those brackets may find out. But I would leave you with this one last note. You need to start looking at weeks 15, 16, 17 uh, in those waiver wires and, and what you've got and needing trades. Because if you're sitting there real good, that's the time to be picking these guys up because that's the ones that are going to make you the money or get you out of the money at the end of the day. That's all I got. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tweet as much as I can this week, but it's not going to be a lot. I'm, I'm actually headed out to go camping. Uh, Dad and I are headed out in the morning, so uh, that's why the audio is a little rough. I'm not recording at home. Uh, but I'll tweet out some stuff. Uh, more so, I'll tweet, I'll tweet out some stats and charts and stuff that I find on uh, from other users because they these guys are really compiling great information 
um, on that'll help you make those uh, start sit choices. I don't know if y'all saw the chart last week. I posted it in a couple different places, but uh, if you're not on Twitter, it's really an excellent resource for fantasy football. So uh, go ahead and find find us there. All right, and just a heads up, guys. I signed up for the uh, Rock and Roll uh, New Orleans Marathon uh, come February. But uh, the reason I bring that up is because I have put a link out on my Twitter. Uh, if you want to donate, I am running for uh, St. Jude. So I'm getting donations for people. Uh, it all goes directly to St. Jude. None of it comes into my pocket. There's a link where you can donate. And uh, any anything would be greatly appreciated. I actually have a donor, an anonymous guy, who's going to match up to $3,000. So for every dollar you donate, you're really donating two because uh, someone's going to match it. So just a heads up, find me at RunDFF on Twitter. Uh, feel free to donate to St. Jude. Uh, you know, help those families with uh, kids who have an illness, sickness, that are stuck in hospitals, etc. Uh, help them not have to pay a dime as they get their kids healthy. So, uh, anyways, uh, other places you can find us, uh, like Jeff said, you can find us at the Rundown FF Pod on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on uh, all the uh, Apple Stitch. Um, Google Podcasts, anywhere you want to find us. So hit that subscribe button. Uh, we're going to be coming at you again next Monday night. Uh, we'll keep it rolling. Uh, we're really enjoying some of the feedback we're getting from you guys. I'm getting on a personal level. Uh, but again, we want to hear, we want to see some of those reviews. Um, you know, we had one Facebook review. Thanks, Tommy, for that. Uh, but guys, we need some we need some uh, reviews on Apple. Come on, the more reviews we get, the more people we can get this out to. Uh, let's get a little community going. So, uh, anyways, uh, I think that's about it for us. So, uh, let's check out of here. And once again, thanks for listening. And remember, together we run this. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>